Welcome to Calling Game, brought to you by Mediate. I'm Kelsey Trainer here with my co-host Amba Jagnarine. Hello, everybody. Um, today we are joined by a very, very special guest, Center for the Boston Celtics, political human rights activist number eleven, Ennis Cantor. Thank you so much for joining us, Ennis. Thanks for the invite. I appreciate it. Um, so we, you know, have been following you for a while now, but just a little background. Um, on Ennis for all of you guys that, that aren't familiar with him. Um, Ennis, you were born in Switzerland. Um, you grew yeah. up in Turkey, right? Yes. And you moved to the U.S. to play high school basketball when you were, what, 17 or so? 17 years old, yep. Okay. And then entered the NBA draft at 19. Now at 27, Ennis Cancer is the big man for the Boston Celtics, currently third in the East behind the Bucks and the Raptors, and he's yeah. making an impact off the court. We love to see it. We love that. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. So, so, Ennis, we've been, as I said, we've been following um, along with your story for a while now, ever since we saw mm -hmm. that you were pretty um, active in what's going on in Turkey and stuff like that. Right. Um, but I think the point where Kelsey and I really realized that we had to talk to you was when we saw your latest op-ed on time.com that's titled the athletes of the WNBA are fighting for equality right we in the, in the NBA need to fight beside them um, can you just talk to us about how how that happened like how did that come <laughs> to be that was super cool I read it and it was like wow right you know what I first of all I, I'll do I'll just start with this where I grew up I remember you know, I grew up inside of uh, Turkey you know it calls van v-a-n and um when I was growing up there, you know, women really, they were not getting the respect that they deserved. They were not getting the attention that they they deserved. Mm -hmm. You know, they, they the parents did not, they didn't send, send their, uh, especially their daughters at home. They, they, they wanted their daughters to stay at home, just take care of the family. They didn't send their daughters to school. And, you know, I was like, you know what, this is wrong. And this needs to change. So I was like, I was actually talking to my mom about it when I was like uh, 12 years old, I remember. I was like, mom, I see so, so, so many of my, you know, friends, their parents, they're not sending their daughter to school. Why is that, right? So this, my mom would try to explain to me, but I was like, you know what, this is wrong. This should not be happening. The, 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 the girls need to go to school and get their education. So I remember promising myself i was like if i ever had a platform one day i'm gonna talk about this issue and uh i remember the saying that when i promised that myself when i was 12 years old and then here it is 15 years later when i'm 27 i was actually you know uh talking to time magazine about it and then i'm blessed that i'm very lucky that they gave me that platform that first time i talk about that issue about the equal pay, equality, and then the response I got from my teammates, from the you know the lot of the WNBA players, and a lot of the NBA players were very amazed me and made me so happy because I was I was very amazed that they were they were with me and they had they were sharing the same ideas. That's really cool, and I, and I think I saw an interview somewhere where you said, if there's something that bothers me, I just say something about it, right? And that yep. doesn't happen all the time. People are often fearful of the repercussions of 
what they say. And obviously, given yep. your past, that's not something that you're feel <laughs> fearful of. Um, but being in the space, being a woman and understanding the things that are happening in the world, um, it's so important to have somebody like you with your platform. And we had Jay Billis on the podcast a while back and mm -hmm. something that he had talked about was not just being an ally, but being an advocate as well. So if you're sure. in the NBA, sure. you know, not just saying, oh, like go women's sports, right? But you know, I know me and you have talked a little about, bit about it. You wanna be involved in any way that you can, right? Right. Oh yeah, for sure. I was actually talking to one of my teammates today. I told him, like, hey, I'm probably the tallest feminist that you could ever see. <laughs> <laughs> that was actually very funny. I think that's your new Twitter <laughs> bio, maybe. You should make that right, your new yeah. Twitter bio. <laughs> But like, especially if you call yourself a human rights activist, right? You cannot be just talking about only one specific issue. You know, my a lot of the like the things that you see me out there to talk about is Turkey, my home country, Turkey. All the human rights violation going on there. There is no freedom of speech or democracy. But like, if you call yourself a human rights activist, then this, you know, this topic should be definitely one of your top priorities because it is very, very important. You know, if you just like I said, I, I talk on the topics like some of the things that is going on, especially the in the WNBA, they 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 don't get the. To, you know the respect that they that they deserve or attention that they deserve. I was like, Michael Jordan had his flu game, and the whole world talk about that. Only it would only take one game, but the Skyler Diggins played. It was just I can't it's even insane. imagine. Like it's like right playing playing pregnant the whole entire season the whole season, the whole season. 2018 season i'm like I, my mom was blown first time i heard it i'm like i got to let you know my audience or my fan base or my you know know that this is what what's happening right and the reason that she played pregnant was because if she didn't if she if she let people know that she was pregnant technically under the wmba's collective bargaining agreement she was only guaranteed half her salary Right? right, she's got to support right. her family. She's got a kid, or has yeah. a kid on the way, and, sure, and a husband. Sure. And so now the new WNBA collective bargaining agreement, you know, is definitely on the the right track. Now there's a hundred percent. But yeah, Skylar Diggins Smith, man, she is some trooper. She's something else, and she is cool. I got to yeah. talk to her a few times, and she's like, I did do what's oh, yeah. right for me. <laughs> yeah. I was, after I, did, I wrote that up, and I actually sent it to uh, some of you know the WNBA players. I saw. That most of them just, you know, shared her on social media. I saw uh, AJ Wilson uh, message me about it. I was like, I think I'm doing something right because it just makes you feel good that you know your words going out and affecting and making an impact is definitely important. Yeah, you're definitely doing something right, hundred um, percent. And especially, you know, in the NBA, you've got you know with the horrible loss of Kobe Bryant and Gianna right. and the seven other families. I mean. It was the fact that at their memorial or their celebration right. of life, you have Gina Oriam, we've got Sabrina Nescu and Diana yeah. Taurasi. The f it was like women's basketball was a focus. And I Vanessa Bryant, you were there? Yeah, I mean. I was there, yep. It's just. It, it's just yeah. yeah. I'm going to go up about the, but, but I've seen them all like the, like the players, as you just said, just coming there and just speaking and sharing their experiences. It was just so amazing. So amazing. And then it just made me so happy that. They are the people are giving their those players the platform to, to talk about uh, this stuff. I was like, wow, this is you know. But what makes me so happy is it's just getting better and better every day. If you look at the attention or respect they got 
10, 15 years ago. But if, I mean, if you look at it now, it's a huge difference. But I think more players, more NBA players need to step up and start talking about uh, these issues or these problems. It cannot just be or just couple players or what. It, it should be a lot of players who go around and they're talking about this stuff. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, this, the whole issue with the WNBA and the CBA and equal pay and, and just advocating for women's sports more. Um, you mentioned this earlier, when, when you talk about women's rights, you can't just focus on one thing. You have to focus on, right. on, on a broad, multiple avenues. But, you know, the whole reason that that really, like, this this has has been very i mean not the whole reason but you know this this is very dear to you is because you mentioned that um you know what's happening in turkey with right. in regards to women's rights is is really horrendous and you know i know that um that there's some backgrounds with you there for for as to why you're not um allowed to go back to turkey and i know you've gone through it a million times but could you just Give us a short synopsis um, as to what went on between the time you lived there when you were right. a kid and now. Well, I mean, it all started in 2013. You know, there was a corruption that happened in Turkey, and then President Erdogan and his family was involved in this corruption. And then I went out there, just tweet something about it, and just it was the first time ever that I actually I hated politics. I did not want to get in politics, but like. Just because of, I saw what was, what was happening. I'm like, you know what? I have to say something. I cannot just keep my, you know, I cannot, because like, let me tell you this. When you talk about these issues, you're never going to get big contracts or you're never going to get big endorsement deals course, or yeah. like some other, some other deals. But I was like, you know what? This is way bigger than that. So I talk about, I start talking about these issues in 2013. I tweet something and it went viral, America and Turkey, just because of our playing NBA. And then I, I saw the impact of even just one tweet. And I was like, I started paying attention more of what's going on in Turkey and America, foreign relations and everything. So, and then, um, you know, I had to educate myself because my whole life, all I did was play basketball. Of course, I went to school, but like all I did was play basketball. So I remember when my team was going out to hang out or party or doing this and that, I was coming home and reading books. I was coming home and watching, you know, like CNN, Fox, MSNBC. Like I was trying to educate myself, you know. So when if someone put, put a microphone for me, I can talk about some of the issues. And then in 2016, uh, Turkish government revoked my passport. So uh, before that, 2015 was the last time I saw my mom and my dad, my family. I went in Turkey and then I left. And 2016 or 17, I'm, I'm trying to remember, it was the first time the Turkish government revoked my passport. And um, it was it was very, very sad because I'm obviously, I'm from Turkey. And just because of I talk about these issues, how there is no freedom or democracy in my country, they revoked my passport. And um, so, and then after that, things got just, things got get, you know, worse and worse. And, um, Right now, I remember in 2000, uh, 2016, uh, just because of all this stuff I, I was talking about affecting me and my family, my family members were getting fired. My dad was a genetic professor. He got fired from his job. 
My sister went to medical school for six years. Now she cannot find a job. <laughs> and my little brother was playing basketball. And, you know, he, he literally got kicked out in every basketball team in Turkey. Oh, and so my family had to put a statement out there and said, we are disowning NS. And I remember going to a practice that day. It was like the, one of the most awkward because they made it publicly. Yeah. One of the most awkward day in my life. And, um, you know, after that, Turkish government didn't believe that. And they sent police to my house in Turkey and they raided the whole house wow. because they wanted to see if I am still in contact with my family or not. And they took every electronics away. Mm -hmm. They wanted to f try to find like a text message, email. Luckily, I was not texting him. So, right. and then they put my dad in jail for seven days. Wow! So it was a uh, pretty wild. So you were you were kind of on top of that, like you you knew not to be in contact with your family, and you kind of knew that oh, the Turkish government is on me. Like I should probably take a step back and make sure that there's nothing that you know they can use against me or my family. That was the reason that I, I cannot communicate with them because they tracked out they tracked down everything. Mm -hmm. You know, the, all the you know the phone uh, conversations, the or the emails, everything. So that's why it's even not forget about going to Turkey and seeing my family, but it's it's even hard to communicate with them on the phone right now. Right, and I saw somewhere too. You were like, you know, you're like we were talking about earlier about making these statements, you know, and the effect that it can have. Um, you know, by you speaking out against these injustices, mm -hmm. right? This has this effect on your your family, right? As a right. just as a unit, but I think you For said sure. somewhere that like how many other families are suffering uh, by what's yes. happening in Turkey? There's seventeen thousand I mean, women in prison, babies growing yeah. up in prison. I mean, it's it's tough. It's really hard, and I'm, I'm I commend sure. you, but I also understand like how hard that is. Yeah, I mean, nothing comes easy, and I'll I'll say this like when i when i talk about these issues a lot of my teammates or my coaches first they don't really understand it they ask me are you crazy like why don't you just excuse my language just shut your mouth make your money and just play basketball and live a happy life why are you talking about these issues your family is still there yeah they don't understand my family is only one right because yeah. and you all know my story because i play in nba you know, but there are thousand families out there. Their situation is way worse than mine. Like you said right now, you know, there are lots of judges, prosecutors. There's also political prisoners are in the jail. There are 17,000 innocent women are in the jail. And, um, you know, a lot of babies. And then Turkey is the number one country in the world that put most journalists in jail. Oh, wow. And uh, I'm like, you know what? That shows that there is no freedom of speech in Turkey. So I have to just because of. I have this platform. I'm trying to use the platform, the voice of all those voices, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And you're doing not just that. I mean, I just read too, you're looking to start a school in Oklahoma City. Right. Uh, you had played there and it's focusing on low income minority students right. um, and helping in immigrant families. Um, how important is education in that? I mean, I always want to talk about, by the way, I'm a green card holder, so I'm going to become an American citizen in, uh, in actually next summer. Yes. So I'm so, yes. Yeah, I'm so excited about it. Congratulations. I know. I'm, I remember I, I was doing this interview with uh, a lady and she's like, you know, after you get your green card, it's only take five years to become a citizen. But if you marry with an American woman, it's only three years. I've been asked that. to marry a few people for a green card before. <laughs> yeah. But 
and then the next day i had so much marriage proposals from oh social God. media i'm like oh i was like i think i'm gonna wait you're smart you're smart <laughs> to do that yeah but i was like but then like risk it all all that stuff started happening America gave me so much, yeah. you know, from the day one, they opened their arm, they respected me, they gave me a warm uh, welcome from the day one. So I was like, you know what? I want to give back to America the best way possible. And the best way possible, there's a really good quote from Benjamin Franklin. It says the investment are in our, you know, the future is going to be with education. And I feel like, you know, with education, we can actually change our future lots of the things are happening because of lots of the problems are happening because of uneducated people so if we can educate our youth if we can then we can have a better and brighter future so i was like you know what this is the best way to give back to america to educate our youth and i think you know the response i got from you know from the mayor from the center of oklahoma or from like the from the you know from the fans it was just so amazing i was like you know what i feel like this is the way of the writing to do yeah it's i mean education is the equalizer yeah it it, it really For sure. is the equalizer amongst you know all the types all races classes gender i mean it's right. it's, the, it's the thing that that equalizes all right well we've taken a bit of your time today i know amba's got a a, a kind of a fun follow-up question yeah uh, right before i I do that ennis i just want to um commend you for um keeping your promises to your parents when you're young um i know when i was 12 i probably said a lot of stuff to my parents (laughs) to get things that i wanted that i 100 didn't follow up with and i'm not just talking about um you making that promise to your mom um when you said uh that if you have a platform one day you're going to speak out about this because it's not right that these girls aren't allowed to go to school and stuff like that but also i read something i think it was either an article or a podcast that i listened to um where you were speaking to somebody and and you said that you know at first your parents weren't fully on board with the whole basketball thing they're they're both you know highly educated people and they wanted you to follow the same path um but yes. you you made you made a promise to your dad um, about about starting a school. Can you let us know what that one was? Oh yeah. So I mean, I remember my first of all, my parents didn't want me to play basketball. <laughs> they were all about like like you said, they were all about education. They want me to go to school till I made my first check, <laughs> and they're like they're like, okay, you play basketball for now. You're not playing. You're not playing. You're not go, don't go. But one of the biggest reasons that I wanted to come to, you know, uh, America was go to school and, you know, play basketball at the same time, because obviously you go to high school here, you go to college here. So that was, that was the biggest thing. But I think, uh, like you said, I remember when I was a little kid again, I think like the, when I was growing up, especially that east side of Turkey, that people, their parents forced kids, their forced kids, their, their, force their kids to work and not go to school so they can bring money at home yeah. it just affected me so much i was like this is very wrong and kids need to go to schools and learn about life and not just about life about education about life so they can have a better future better career so we all can have a, a better future so i remember i was like that i promise you if i ever become rich one day I'm going to open up a school. I remember saying this, like, I was like wow. maybe nine, whatever years That's old. That's cool. That's amazing. You know? 
I, I, you're doing 27 years old, like just absolutely crushing it. Yeah. It's pretty cool to look up to somebody that's that's, that's, that's younger. Right. Um, yeah. All right. So, um, but you got yeah. Hit so us. she's got. I, I fun. believe on that same podcast that I listened to, I heard something about you you amping up your um your trash talk game. Um, <laughs> I heard that even if you're on the bench you're always saying something and I, what what is it that you say to people because sometimes i see like i see games and i see but, like you especially like saying stuff to people i'm always wondering like what is he saying to I these mean, guys like first of all i don't cuss that guy because i got respect for the right, game right, you know? right, I got right. so much respect for <laughs> you hey, so i never you get creative yeah but like but like when you play against like a really really tough players you have to trash talk them because they're gonna score 30 no matter what like when you play against lebron kevin Durant, Stephen curry they, they're gonna drop 30 no matter what so always like whenever i'm on the bench i always try to trash talk because like hey man those shoes are ugly or like, hey man <laughs> terrible haircut or like, or like something like that you know something like so out of the game so they can be just so I can get under their skin. They're yeah. just like shocked. They're like, wait, what? It's it, it's like it doesn't work on LeBron. LeBron's gonna drop thirty and ten and ten <laughs> every every game. It's not gonna work on LeBron. But there's so many games that players turn around and just like start like start arguing with me and stuff, and then they out of the game. Right, you get <laughs> in their head. Just, yeah, you do. Oh yeah, for sure. But I think it's all part of it. It's fun. My teammates are uh, having fun, so it's just often like it's a uh, part of it. Who's your favorite trash talker on another team? You know what? I I would say when I was my my, my couple years in the league. I remember going against Kevin Garnett yes. and he was, I'm like, Oh, he was one of the biggest trash. I was like the game plan in the locker room before the game was do not let him get into your head. Don't even look at him. Like he, he will do. Yeah. Right. <laughs> he will do anything to get into your head. So it was like, for me, I'm obviously Kevin Garnett legend, hall of famer. So I was like, even going against him, I'm like, Oh my God, this is so amazing. That's funny. I that's grew up a Celtics cool. fan, so even though I'm from Philadelphia, which is a no-no, but oh, um, nice. I had, you know, it was KG, it was Paul Pierce, we had Rondo, Ray Allen, you know, we won Ray championships, Allen, yeah. so uh, Wait, I, yeah. I loved that, I loved that Kevin Garnett <laughs> trash talk, man, I was, I was yeah. like, let's go, let's go, KG. Um, that's so awesome. I love that. Um, yeah, the trash talk is such a huge part of the game. I, I Basketball was actually the only sport that I've ever been cut from. <laughs> Um, oh. I, I, yeah, okay. it's tough out there. I play baseball, so I play baseball. You know, when when we're up at bat, sometimes you'll you'll hear the catcher be like, "Hey, hey, batter, your shoes are inside," or like some. some at least you don't play for like the Houston that. Astros right now, right? So. That that would be rough. <laughs> right, <But>. right huh? <laughs> uh, uh, well, this has been so awesome. We truly thank you yeah. for, for coming on for us. No, thank you so much. I appreciate it.